Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 I've begun using a really cool surface from Aviva IQ, and it's made my life so much easier. My guests love receiving all the important details about their stay exactly when they need it. And I love all the five-star reviews I'm getting on communication. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Get paid for your pet. My name is Jasper and I'm co-hosting this episode with my favorite friend from San Francisco, David Jacoby, who is the president of Hostly and co-founder. Hey, that's so kind of your favorite friend. You say that to everyone. I do. I'm sorry. Well, it's great to catch up again, Jasper. Always a blast. How's life in San Francisco? Uh, life in San Francisco is awesome. So much fun stuff going on. Uh, on the Hostfully side, we actually just finished an awesome accelerator program called Accelerprise. So learned a lot, got a lot of help from them, and we are ready to explode. We also had the Home Sharers Democratic Club Trade Fair, which I will talk about a little bit later. So never a dull moment here. Also, a quick shout out to Maxim and the Travel Tech Con folks. There was just a huge Travel Tech Conference here, and it was a big success. Uh, it's been a few years now that they've done it. There was a big startup pitch competition. There were a whole bunch of uh, breakout sessions. Uh, there were some more in-depth workshops. It was a pretty cool event. So never a dull moment, Jasper. Come visit again. Awesome. I'm looking forward. Well, I'm in Taipei. And one thing that I didn't realize is before I booked my ticket that it's the rainy season here. So it's raining a lot and it's very humid. So every time I walk on the street, I'm sweating my ass off. But still, Taipei is one of my favorite cities in Asia. I think I would even say it's my favorite city in Asia. And I'm going to be here for a month and it's, uh, it's good times. It's good times. Nice. Awesome. So let's get into what has been going on in the world of Airbnb. Do you want to kick it off? Uh, sure. So with Memorial Day weekend just ending, Airbnb uh, gave a big announcement that last year uh, they saved consumers over $12 million in 21 of the popular biggest U.S. cities by having folks stay at Airbnb instead of at a hotel where hotels uh, participate in price gouging during busy times like Memorial Day weekend and other holiday weekends. Right. And what is, what's your opinion about that? Well, I think there's definitely some truth to that. A few years ago, I remember a spokesperson from ALHA, the American, I don't know, the Lobby Hotel Association or something like that, the, the big uh, lobby for American Hotel and Lodging Association. That's it. Someone put their foot in their mouth by saying the biggest uh, thing about Airbnb that's tough for them is that it makes it harder for them to 
do uh, big increases, surge pricing during the holiday weekends and big demand weekends. So basically, he was saying Airbnb makes it tough for us to rip off travelers. So there is some truth to that. Airbnb for sure has a lot more reasonably priced accommodations in many markets like here in San Francisco. If you're willing to get an extra bedroom in someone's home as opposed to a private accommodation, you can oftentimes find a better deal than an expensive downtown hotel. Uh, on the flip side, they're talking a little bit out of both sides of their mouth, Airbnb, because they've also implemented their smart pricing tool to help hosts manage increases in demand and uh, help them charge more on busy weekends. So on the one hand, they're saying how they're helping guests save money. And on the other hand, they're telling hosts that we're going to help you charge more when it's busy. Yeah, so what I think is that, first of all, it's kind of like comparing apples to pears because, you know, <laughs> staying in an Airbnb is a different experience than staying in a hotel. So it doesn't really make sense to me to say, oh, look, people have saved this much money because it's a different product that you're selling. It's basically like, imagine there's there's only one car brand and every car costs like $10,000 and then somebody else invents a new car that costs like $8,000. And then every month, the new car company is going to say, look, people have saved this amount of money by buying our car. Well, I mean, it's a different car, you know, so people can make a choice whether they want to spend a little bit more on on another car that the more expensive car might be better, might be of better quality, whatever it may be. So, you know, I understand why they're saying it because, you know, they really want to create some positive media for, for Airbnb, of course, because, I mean, the, the media is in general, very negative about Airbnb, right? I mean, I search for Airbnb news every week and probably 80% of the articles that you find is, you know, some Airbnb guest destroyed an apartment or, you know, the regulations everywhere, complaints, like it's all very negative. So I understand that they want to, they're kind of looking for, you know, more positive spins, but I mean, it just doesn't really make that much sense to me. And what you're saying is also true. Their algorithm is also designed to help people charge more when demand is high. And I don't think there's any problems with that. I don't think it's a problem that prices are higher when there's more demand. I mean, that's just how mm -hmm. markets function. Like whenever there's more demand and if, this, if there's a constant supply, the prices go up. That's not a, that's not a problem. So, you know, I, I don't think it's a very strong argument. Uh, one thing I will say in Airbnb's favor is that the smart pricing algorithm that they have, I strongly believe that it typically underprices, especially when it comes to the special dates, you know, the, the high demand events. Uh, when you compare the Airbnb smart algorithm to some of the other price algorithms that are out there, I definitely think Airbnb is uh, recommending lower prices and it makes sense because Airbnb has to act in the interest of both hosts and guests. So, you know, they, they make this tool available to hosts, but at the same time, they don't want to get, they don't want to make Airbnb very expensive. They want to lose that, that edge that they have over hotels where, you know, Airbnbs are on average cheaper than hotels. That's one of the main sort of arguments that they have in the media to, you know, to support their, their costs. Uh, yeah, first of all, I'm still getting over trying to understand your comment about 
apples and pears. Uh, here in the U.S., it's comparing apples to oranges, we say. So that's pretty <laughs> funny how uh, it's apples to pears in, in Amsterdam or uh, <laughs> wherever you picked up that phrase. Uh, but aside from that, I'd like to see a news article about how a hotel room got destroyed sometime. I mean, there's millions of reservations a month on Airbnb. And, and of course, once in a blue moon, some you know drunk guest is going to uh, ruin an apartment. But that happens in hotels all the time. And I don't see any articles about a hotel being ruined. Well, I think that's the reason why there's never an article about that, because it's normal. Right, I guess. It happens so so much. I mean, if you put up an article saying, "Oh, some you know bunch of people destroyed a hotel room in Vegas," <laughs> you know, who's going to read that? Everyone's like, right. "Yeah, the, yeah, yeah." Of course, of course, that happens. Yep. Also, uh, with regards to the smart pricing, uh, interesting side note. I agree with you, by the way. Their smart pricing, quote unquote, smart pricing is considerably lower than the other uh, independent tools out there like Beyond Pricing and Wheelhouse and Everbooked. In in that area, uh, big news, the folks at Everbooked, that's been one of the leaders in dynamic pricing and, and one of the first ones out there uh, for Airbnb hosts, uh, they've made a small pivot and they've done a lot with their analytic tools that they're selling and providing services to larger vacation rental management companies and, and other companies that they've actually, uh, they're starting to take their dynamic pricing tool for individual Airbnb hosts off the market. Uh, so now there's a little less competition in that space, but there's still lots of other good tools out there. Uh, but I wish Everbook the best in their, their new pivot and new business model. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I knew about their pivot for a while, but I wasn't allowed to talk about it because uh, yeah. Everbooks was one of my first partners when I started uh, blogging and and doing the podcast. So definitely wish them well as well. And you know, by now there's there's a lot of pricing algorithms. There's a lot of them. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the most uh, the most well known ones, um, but there's also some new ones coming up that I've uh, that I've found that I'll be talking about soon. Um, let's go to the next subject. Let's talk about Spain. There's an interesting sure. article in the El País, which means the country, I think. And it states that in Spain, vacation rentals are now offering more beds than hotels for the first time. And this is in 2016. So vacation rentals have taken over the tourist market in Spain, which is a pretty cool milestone. Yeah, that's pretty crazy to see how far vacation rentals have come. Uh, this article is specifically talking about Spain's 22 biggest cities that vacation rentals are larger, a larger supply than hotels. And it says that it's nearly doubled uh, from 2015 uh, and has reached 362,000 beds in Spain's 22 biggest cities. So that's huge. And it seems like that's where the room is to grow. I know here in San Francisco, for example, about 10 years ago, there were about 30,000 hotel beds. And 10 years later, there's about 35,000 hotel beds. But if you look at vacation rentals, there were about one to 2,000 vacation rentals. And now there's about eight 
to 10,000. So that's where all the growth is happening. And this is specifically with regards to the cities. I can only imagine the resort uh, or the the more the beach areas. I, I guess some resort places have hotels, but there's a lot of suburbs and beach areas where there's probably even more vacation rentals there, uh, where that's more stronger part of the economy and there's less hotels. Uh, so that's a big milestone. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see some data for the for the whole country. See how that compares. Yes. I know also in Barcelona, that's been a very controversial topic for years, uh, short-term rentals and vacation rentals. Barcelona is kind of busting at the seams with tourists, and they're trying to do what they can to, to decrease the amount of tourists. Uh, one thing that's different in Barcelona than here in San Francisco is that they only want it to be a private accommodation if you're going to do vacation rentals in Barcelona. You can't share a home uh, because they want to treat tourism more as a professional type service and they only want professionally managed companies to be managing these vacation rentals. And that's the exact opposite of what you see in many other cities, especially here in the U.S., Chicago, New Orleans, San Francisco, where a lot of the talk is about you can't rent out a private home. You can only do a short-term rental where you live. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think Barcelona is definitely one of the cities that has this the most strict regulation where there has been the most resistance against Airbnb and uh, yeah it's definitely interesting that they uh, they don't want to allow the you know the, the private rooms because you would think that that causes the least disturbance Yes. It also allows for a lot more tourists to come to Barcelona, I guess. And it seems like they're trying to limit that a bit. Yeah. I think there's some sort of like the, the article mentions like a tourist phobia. It's, it's similar in Amsterdam in the, in the city center. Now, when you, when you get a certain amount of tourists in your street, there's sort of a, a flip point where people start really, you know, kind of hating the tourists. And I think that's, uh, that's probably what's been going on in Barcelona as well. Mm-hmm. Hosts, does it feel like you're spending way too much time responding to questions from your Airbnb guests? Is the fear of a possible bad review keeping you up at night? I recently learned about a really helpful service called Aviva IQ. With Aviva IQ, my workload and worries have reduced dramatically. All I had to do was link my Airbnb listings to Aviva IQ, create my messages and schedule delivery times. That's it. I can't believe how easy it was to set up. Now I can sit back and relax knowing that my guests receive all the important details on time, every time. Everybody sleeps better. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Let's move on. You mentioned that you wanted to talk about the fair that you guys were part of a while ago, right? A couple of weeks uh, ago. Yeah. yeah. Shall, we, shall we talk about that now? Yeah. If you want to talk about that for a bit. Sure. Great. Well, we just had in San Francisco, the Home Shares Democratic Club trade fair. It was our first trade fair and it was a huge success. It's something, this was an all volunteer effort. Uh, the Home Shares Democratic Club, we're an independent organization. We're actually an official uh, chartered organization within the San Francisco Democratic Party. And we meet with legislature here, with supervisors to talk about, uh, you know, lobby for different laws and, and all the political uh, legislation 
innovation that's been going on here in San Francisco. We've had a voice in that. But we also share best practices, put on events on a monthly basis where we all meet and, and talk about best practices. And we have monthly happy hours. And we just decided to do a, a trade fair. And it ended up to be better than what anyone expected. Uh, we had over 30 vendors yeah. attend. And it was really a grand celebration of the home sharing ecosystem. The type of companies that were there really ran the gamut. And a list of, you know, just some examples. On the one hand, there's companies like ClearBank that gives you loans in advance to help improve your Airbnb space. And then you pay it off with the Airbnb income that you get. Uh, to the Air Balo, which is a cool uh, design of the Balo for your home. They were at the Airbnb Open. You might have seen them there. There was properly, of course, the guest cleaning app. There were some vacation rental managers uh, like Hostwell and Pillow. There were platforms, of course. So Booking.com was there. Home Suite was there for those looking for more than 30 days. Uh, our platinum sponsors were HomeAway and Airbnb. So we got them both to sponsor. And then also there was a furniture company that uh, just has lots of Airbnb hosts who buy their furniture. So they wanted to get in front of folks. Of course, Aviva IQ, a sponsor of this show. Thank you, Aviva IQ. They showed up. Party Squasher, which can tell the number of Wi-Fi signals in your home. So they know, you know, if there's more people there than <laughs> supposed to be there and if there's a big party going on. Uh, Dwell Well, which does testings for your home to make sure your home is safe. Uh, it really was a wide variety. Baby Airage, which is this cool startup for baby rental supplies. So if your guest doesn't want to schlep all of their, you know, travel crib and car seat and high chair and stroller, uh, they can go to babyairs.com and rent that from a local person who has extra supplies. So again, there were over 30 vendors and over 200 attendees. And we also had an assemblyman, David Chu, who actually wrote the original legislation in San Francisco, and Scott Weiner, a state senator. They both came by and they were pretty impressed with their turnout. And then Joe Gebbia came by as well. So, uh, of course, co-founder of Airbnb. And it was really exciting to have him there and, and help celebrate the ecosystem with us. Damn, I'm kind of uh, sad that I missed it. I told you about it a while ago. I know he did. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm too far away. <laughs> I'm literally on the other side of the world. But uh, it sounds awesome. Uh, I'll definitely like try and come uh, next time you guys organize this. Um, now that we're talking about... Well, first of all, let me say that I also think it's incredible to see how many creative companies are joining the Airbnb ecosystem. I get emails every single week of new startups and you know, every now and then it's it just kind of blows my mind how creative people can be. And you know, things that I would never thought about. Uh, I recently got an email from a company that automatically creates floor plans for your Airbnb. Nice. So all you need to do is like just take a bunch of pictures and then uh, it automatically creates a plan. Now I've always been recommending people to to put up a floor plan. Now I've used floorplanner.com because you know if you look at Airbnbs, it's very hard sometimes to get a good idea of what the layout of the apartment is. Because you're just seeing separate pictures of the different areas. And mm -hmm. you kind of want to just know, like, how's, you know, what's the layout? Like, how, where are the rooms? Wh where's the living room? Where's the kitchen, et cetera? And so, you know, putting up a floor plan makes that 
very easily to to understand. And now this company called Magic Plan, I think they literally just started, uh, makes it really easy. Because I probably spent like an hour or two you know, creating this four plan uh, with the tool, so it's a, you know it's kind of a bit of work. Also, one more quick comment on that, Jasper. I think I mentioned this last month as well, especially with Airbnb Open not happening this year. It's great to see how all these different cities, not just San Francisco, are starting to put on their own events and having being organized by uh, separate groups of hosts, uh, not Airbnb, not HomeAway, but independent groups of hosts. So, for example, there was just a big event in Portland that uh, our friend Debbie Herter from uh, Hosting Your Home, she organized and a bunch of other folks there. And that was a full day event with a bunch of vendors, but also some breakout sessions on how to be a good host. Uh, There is also the Vacation Rental Success Summit in Toronto just happened uh, about a month ago. The folks at Lastra, the Los Angeles Short-Term Rental Alliance, they put on an event uh, about a month ago. Uh, So it's really fun to see all these local groups putting events on. And listeners out there, I definitely encourage you to do that. It's a great way to meet other hosts. And sometimes hosting can be a bit lonely. And and this is a great opportunity to really celebrate what's out there. And uh, feel free to contact me if you have any questions about how to put it on. I'm happy to uh, share my two cents and my experience. Awesome. And it's good to uh, remind people. So there will not be an Airbnb open this year. They're going to do it every two years. So if you didn't know that yet, then you do now. Let's talk about something related to Airbnb. There's a company called Turo, which is in the business of car sharing. And there's a video on Bloomberg that I saw, which kind of grabbed my attention because, you know, if you think about the sharing economy, and if you think about trying to make a return on your assets, like your home is obviously the number one thing that you could share. But then the second logical asset that you could share is your car. And, you know, car sharing has been around for quite a while, but I've feel like it hasn't really caught on as much as home sharing. It's not as disruptive. It's, it hasn't really created the revolution that the, the home sharing platforms have created. But this is the first time that I've actually seen something in the media where you see some people who are actually making a decent amount of money with, uh, with sharing cars. And also, there's two people in the video that have kind of started their own car rental company there's one guy who is being interviewed that has nine cars i think the other lady has three cars and you know neither of them planned on having you know their own car rental company they just started with one car and they saw that hey you know we're making a decent profit with this car let's buy another one and so yeah i wanted to mention this because if you're an airbnb host then you're obviously in the business of sharing or you have the mindset of sharing. So the next logical step might be to share your car. Yes, that is a great idea. And there's a lot of startups that are starting to do that. So Turo, which is T-U-R-O, they actually used to be called Relay Ride. So they're one of the first. They've been around for a while. I've personally used them both as a driver and as a car owner. So I've rented other people's cars on Turo. And I've also put my car up a while ago and let people rent my car. And it was a great way to make a couple extra bucks when my car was just sitting in the driveway. Uh, of course, now I have two kids and my car is really messy and it's got car seats in it and it's a, a headache I don't want to deal with right now, but uh, maybe eventually I'll do that. Uh, there's also, of course, the traditional ones like Zipcar is popular here. And there's a new fancy one called Maven, maven.com, which is for 
it's just a fleet of cars that you can rent by the hour and it's really tech savvy cars so it you know links to your apple music or your um your android device to, to play music and it's got wi-fi in the car and a bunch of other things um more similar to turo though where other people's car get around is another popular one one thing that's good for hosts about Turo and about Get Around, uh, sometimes they might ask your guests, you know, hey, can they borrow your car? Or is there a car rental place? And instead of just like letting them use your car where you might be nervous if they get into an accident, these companies include insurance in it. So not only do you get paid, but you're, you feel safe knowing that if anything happens to your car, uh, they have you covered. So that could be a nice extra service that you can offer to your Airbnb house. You know, you can just list your car in Turo and then maybe you can give your guests a discount or something. Maybe you can say, hey, you know, I'll give you 50% discount if you want to if you want to take my car out. That way you're making a little bit extra and also you know that your car is insured in case something happens. Yeah, most of these services have a, you know, a coupon code too. So if you have your coupon, if you have your code that you give to your guests every time, if they're new users, they sign up and they get automatically like, you know, $20 off the first ride or something like that. And you get a bonus for having referred them. So just like referring Uber and Lyft and giving those codes out, people get a free ride or a cheap ride from the airport and you get uh, to get all these Uber and Lyft credits. You can do that with Turo and get around. Interesting. Yeah. Let me mention a few numbers, by the way, that uh, that are mentioned in the article. So the Boston Consultancy Group uh, did a report on the future of car sharing. And they're saying that 6 million people used car sharing in 2015. They're projecting that 35 million people will share their car by wow. 2021. So that's, yeah, that's reasonable growth. I'd say not as, not as, huge as in the home sharing sector, but uh, it's still pretty strong growth. It's much more popular apparently in Europe and Asia, which is kind of surprising. I guess Americans, they are very attached to their cars. And so maybe they don't really feel like sharing them. But the average monthly income for tour users is $720, which I thought was mm. pretty high. Nice. That's pretty high, right? That's uh, I don't, awesome. I don't know how they calculate it, but I, I would almost think yeah, you know, that's that's higher. That's a lot higher than I expected. Turo handles the marketing, the insurance, so it's pretty easy to to just sign up. I don't know how it works with like cleaning and stuff, but you've used it. Like, how does that work? Do you have to clean your car before you rent it out? And when you get it back, what what happens? Do you charge a cleaning fee or something? No, you're just responsible for keeping it clean. Which again, with two kids, <laughs> one of the reasons I don't do it anymore. Okay, fair enough. On that note, uh, you mentioned, you know, the next step being cars of an extra commodity of, of yours or extra something that you can rent in addition to a bed or a room in your home. Uh, uh, taking that one step further also, there's a company called Roost, R-O-O-S-T, which I think actually merged with Spacer, S-P-A-C-E-R, which is uh, you're able to rent out storage in your home. So if you live in a city like San Francisco, where you might not have a lot of extra room for some of your stuff, but someone nearby has a large garage or an attic and they have extra space, uh, they can actually rent out their attic to you. So you come by and drop off your, you know, Halloween supplies or Christmas supplies that you use once a year and they'll store it for you and you pay them a small fee. Awesome. That'd be very useful for me, actually, because I don't, I can't carry around all my stuff when I travel. Uh-huh. Yeah, but now that you're homeless, right? Exactly. Officially homeless. All right, David, thanks a lot for joining me today and hosting this podcast. 
It's uh, been a pleasure as always. Jasper, the pleasure is all mine. And to the listeners, of course, thanks for listening. And we'll be back every Monday and every Friday. It's every Friday now, by the way, because there's so many like holidays on Monday. So instead of doing it every, sometimes on Thursday, sometimes on Friday, I figured I might as well just publish every Friday. So it's consistent. So with that, thanks for listening. See you next time. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.